Well, this morning we begin our last class concerning Jesus Christ as prophet, priest, and king. And to very quickly do this, because I have a lot of material here and don't want to spend three days on it, love to, but don't have the time. Remember what we're talking about, the threefold roles that God gave Adam to fulfill in Genesis 1.28 and in Genesis 2.15, all based on the supposition of his obedience in Genesis 2.16 and 17. These roles are carried forth on the basis of obedience. These roles were given to Adam as God's only means of being image through humanity. So God is not image except through the activity and the interrelationship of these roles as they are carried out within his people simultaneously interrelationally. And so when we go through this, remember, Adam failed, and throughout the Old Testament, God is moving toward the accomplishment of his original purpose. Jesus is born, and he lives a life in which all three roles are fully fulfilled in one man and by one man, all of them simultaneously fulfilled in this one man, so that now the birth of the church the church is in Christ. We have been incorporated spiritually into the life of Jesus Christ by the indwelling of his spirit. And as a result of that, now we have been given the ability and the responsibility to be imaging the one who images God perfectly and exactly, Hebrews 1.3 as we are being conformed to the image of Christ. Remember Romans 8, 29. And so specifically we've been talking about how those three roles are to be manifested in the marriage most particularly. Not to say that they are not imaged by singles in the church, but specifically in the marriage most clearly and most compellingly is the nature and character of God manifested as the husband fulfills these three roles with his wife coming alongside of him as his helper in the accomplishment of his image being manifested through these two people who are living and walking and ministering in unity so that when a person or when we see and look at a marriage, God has designed it in such a way that the community of the Trinity is being manifested on the earth through the community of the marriage. Amen? And so this is not to single out, if you would, husbands and wives against singles, but just to accentuate one aspect because the entire church is involved in this. And so it's the single's responsibility to understand this and come alongside of those who are married. It is the marriage's responsibility to come alongside of the single so that even in the church, these two distinct groups can function in tandem so that the entire church is imaging the Lord Jesus. Amen. So last week, you remember, we spoke about the husband's leadership role in the marriage as emblematic of the father's leadership within the Trinity. 
<clears throat> and it is critical, especially these days, because I think you see today, I will be in October 73 years old. I have lived through enough changes in the society to be able to say today as never before, the underpinnings of the church are being attacked as never before. And so when you begin to see these movements out in society, and I understand the societal aspect of it, personal rights, a woman's right, you know, the, uh, the issue of same-sex marriages, the issue of why should a woman be subordinate to a husband in marriage, whatever they think that means, all of those are societal issues. But the church is to be a distinct light and life in and to the community to say to the community, the way you are doing it is disastrous and death. This is the way that honors God unto eternal life for his glory. Amen? Amen. And so because of that, the husband is the leader of his household, notwithstanding what the society or the government say. Why? Because it is a reflection of the role of the Father within the Trinity. And so at Lakeview Christian Center, as an example, and I said this last week, we've been criticized by some others from time to time. The men are the given the leadership role in the church. Why? Why? Because, again, it is emblematic of the Father's leadership role within the community of the Godhead. Do we see that? It is not an attack against women. It is a celebration of the woman's role rather than a confusion of those roles. So when you hear people talk about this, understand what's going on and be able to carefully and lovingly describe and explain why we are the way we are as a people, as husbands and wives, and as a church. <clears throat> so this morning, we're going to continue in all this as a husband's role as a prophet. A prophet is emblematic of the Spirit's role within the Trinity. The king role is emblematic, remember, of the father's leadership within the Trinity. The priestly role emblematic of the son's role within the Trinity. The prophetic role is emblematic of the spirit's role within the Trinity. Now, this role of, of, of prophet is not, as all any of the three, is not exercised independently of the others, but this role, as in the others, is exercised in concert with the other two roles, so that together these three roles functioning in tandem in a complementary way, not patting on the back, but a completing of one another way, this is the way that God's Trinitarian nature is imaged upon the earth in us who are His people. This means that the roles will overlap. There will be issues in the roles that will overlap. You know, there will be spillage, if you would, because there's no such thing as an absolute distinct this, distinct that, and distinct that. And so you'll see the overlapping here. And we're not going to go into a lot of detail, but again, this is kind of an overview to help us to see uh, the husband and wife role in the marriage. In this way, the interdependent, may I say that, interdependent and interrelational life of the persons of the Trinity is in focus. How? As the husband and his wife carry out their responsibilities as one. Where does it say the husband and wife are one? Get these verses. Genesis 2, 24. 
get these verses, get them in your mind and heart and soul because this is the biblical basis, the doctrinal truth of why we say and live and who we are and what our function is and our purpose is upon the earth. So in this relationship, God's oneness, remember Deuteronomy 6, 4, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. In this kind of a relationship of the husband and the wife functioning together, the husband carrying out his three roles, God's oneness is image through the oneness of purpose and function of the husband and his wife. Do you hear it? The oneness of purpose and function. The oneness, there will be disagreements, but they come in the disagreements to a place of agreeing as one. With the disagreements, they're going to be this. But they work through and walk through their disagreements. How to do this, my preference this way, I don't agree with that, I like that. They walk through it and they come to a place through the husband's leadership role <clears throat> of saying this is where we're going and oneness is maintained. So when we say oneness within the marriage, we don't mean that both have to think identically. Only God can do that. But that as they come together, a solution is found and a decision is made to walk in one path, understanding that there may be some differences and disagreements, but we decide to walk what? As one, rather than to fight and to quarrel and to pull against one another. <clears throat> Therefore, in the marriage in which the husband carries out his role as a prophet, priest, and king, and this kind of a marriage, and only a Christian marriage can do this, with the help of his wife, God's, God is properly imaged as they together walk in unity. And I'll say this again. It is impossible. Listen, ladies, to me. Listen, ladies, to me. Listen, men, to me. Listen, men, to me. It is impossible. I'm not going to raise my voice in here today, although you know <clears throat> I'd like to. I have to speak at 11 o'clock this morning, and I, don't want, I want to be able to raise my voice in there. No. <laughs> it is impossible. May I say it again? Jewel, what did I say? It is what? I can't hear you. Impossible. Bob, what did I say? It's what? I can't hear you, brother. Impossible for the husband to fill his role without the wife's help. It is impossible for the wife to fulfill her helpership without the husband's role. Do we see that? This is not an elevation of one over the other, but it is an understanding that both are equally responsible and given responsibilities by God so that they can walk and work in unity. So please get any thought of superiority out of your mind. Because if that's the case, then that means that there is a superior person within the Godhead. And that is simply not the truth. The Father is not superior to the other two, exact, uh, as the other two are not superior or inferior. So let's talk about the husband's prophetic role. <clears throat> the husband's responsibility in the role of prophet is to bring the Word of God into his family so that they will grow in their knowledge of the Word. That's the husband's responsibility, to bring to bear the Word of God into the family. Now, I don't do this as well as I need to, and, and what I would ask, and I really mean this. I, I don't have a problem with this, and my wife would tell you. I have, you know, we begin this, we do for one, there, 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 forget that. Okay, fine. Some kind of way, 
I'm going to bear down and I'm going to do this in a much better way. Why? For the glory of God. So I'm asking you to hold me accountable. You can at any time ask me, how are you and Gene doing in the administration of the Word of God in your household? Ask me. I need and I want to be accountable. Do you, do you understand that? Well, brother, we don't. I've asked you to do that. So don't be what? Shy. Now, I know Judy won't be shy, but many others of you will. No, I love Judy's boldness. That's right. Now, how many of you other men in marriage? Will, don't raise your hands. Commit to begin to say to other men, hold me accountable. Hold me accountable. Ask me. Ask me. Why? Because if I were to ask you how many husbands on a decently consistent basis, on a decently consistent basis, carry out this role, I think that we wouldn't get but maybe 10, 15, 20%. And that is a massive weakness in the church. And it brings massive weakness into the marriage. I told you when we did this, I'd be hurt. But we have to do it anyway. We have to speak the truth. In this way, the role of the Spirit is in view. The Holy Spirit, remember John, John 14, 26, Jesus said this, The Holy Spirit will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. Also, let's note the wife's part in her husband's role is to come alongside as his helper, as the Holy Spirit is our helper. And in the same passage, Jesus said, I will send the, Holy, the helper to you. Now, wives, listen to me, wives. Women, listen to me, because... Hopefully some of you, any, un, uh, any we're all, why is this all just a bunch of guys over here? What happens to the girls in the, uh, the youth class? They don't come anymore? They're over there. Where? Where are they? Oh, there's some over there. Man, macho city over here. I love seeing them here, don't y'all? I love seeing them here. Love it. Listen, ladies, if you're a female, listen. Your role is a helper. How does the Holy Spirit help you? When you miss something or didn't do it right or didn't say it right or didn't go to the right place or forgot something, how much does he get on your case and start thumping on you? How much? Or how much does he carefully, kindly, patiently, forbearingly walk and work with you and gently taking you from where you are to where you need to be. How does the Holy Spirit do it for you? One of the biggest impediments in a marriage to the husband functioning in his role, for the first, the husband too often is a blockhead. Okay, no, 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 that's right. No, very often. But one of the biggest impediments for him not being a blockhead is the way the wife thinks she helps when in fact she's hindering. We have to be careful on both sides, amen? So wives, how many of you, without raising your hands, will say, I want to be held accountable to the way I walk with my husband as the Holy Spirit walks with me in the same way? And think what that will do as the husband and wife function in this kind of a relationship.
let's talk about the content of this roll. <clears throat> I'm losing ground on the time. The clock is way too fast. Someone wound that thing too tight. The content of the husband's role. To fulfill his role, the husband accomplishes God's purpose first by you husbands, you men, must know the word of God personally through your study. That means this, men. How many of you are men in here? Guys, you can raise your hand. Y'all are men. Many men, but men. <laughs> They're men, right? Don't raise your hand, but evaluate your role as a man who knows the Word because of personal study and reading and meditation and memory. And what are you bringing to your family right now? What are you bringing? The family is being assailed today like no other time. Spiritually, physically, emotionally, mentally, there is a major storm on the horizon brewing more and more. And husbands, many families will be washed away. Many children will be washed away because the men have refused to get into the Word. This, I'm not going to yell, this room should be filled with 250 men of this church. Why? Because it is the most critical thing in our marriages and in the church. Amen? It is terribly concerning to me that I don't see this. Because there is an enemy out there who is smarter than all the men in this room put together. I didn't say the women, I said the men. <laughs> Probably one woman is smarter than all the men put together. Right, ladies? <laughs> Amen. He is slicker, smarter, more devious, more deceptive, more cunning, and there is no way, men, on the face of the earth that we can discern him and are able to withstand him apart from our knowledge of and experience of an immersion in and infusion by the Word of God. Amen. Come on, man. Put away all that other stuff for a period of time almost on every day. Leave it alone and pick up the Word of God rather than us being idolatrous and worshiping at the shrine of the world. I don't say don't watch a TV program or a news or a newspaper. Did I say that, Brenda? No. I say make the Word of God your primary issue. Or watch Satan nibble away at your family. And when the storms begin to come and you or your children, everything begins to vacillate, hopefully it's not too late. I've been a member of this church, Gene and I have, since April 78, and I sit in that office in there and I meet with people week in and week out whose lives are being eaten and destroyed by Satan, sin, and the flesh. And among the primary issues of deficiency is I, or they rather, whoever, do not get into the Word sufficiently. Their armor has all kind of holes in it. <clears throat> I need to move along. 
You see, as a result of the husband taking the word, he enables the ministry of the word of God's grace and mercy. He brings it into the family. Listen to this, <laughs> Hebrews 4, 12, 13. For the word of God is living and active. It is sharper than any two-edged sword. It, it pierces to the vision of soul and spirit, of joints and marrow, and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. You see, we need that. No creature is hidden from his sight, but all are naked and exposed to the eyes of, to him, of him to whom we have to give an account. We will stand before God one day. The character of the husband's role. This is, I'm just skipping quickly. So I'm going to leave things out. What is the character of the role? Because you see, the character of the role and the role itself are equally significant. The husband is to administer the Word of God with the same love. Galatians 5, 22, 23, 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 8b, 8a. The husband is to administer his role with the same love. Now, if you don't know what that looks like, read Galatians 5, 22 and 23, and 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 8, the first part of 8. If you don't know, read it and ask yourself, how am I doing? Is this how I'm ministering the Word of God? Is this how I'm carrying out? my roles as a husband. He's ministering, he's to minister the same love that Jesus ministered to the people. Listen to how he did. When Jesus landed, oh, the boat came to the shore. He saw the large crowd and he had what? Compassion on them. He cared for them. He loved them because they were like sheep without a shepherd. Why? So, so what did he do? He began teaching them all things or many things. How does Jesus take care of the issues? He began to teach them the Word. He began to tell them about God and about His ways and of His purposes. See, so that as a husband ministers in love, because he's in Christ, in love. Why? Because we are in Christ. And the wife helps in love. Why? Because she is in Christ. They are ministering as one flesh, and thereby imaging the relational characteristic of the persons of the Trinity. Also, the husband's prophetic responsibility to discern and deal with any sin in himself first. Oh, brother. What bothers me is when my wife does something wrong and I, I don't know if I want to all the time, but I need to tell her. Some kind of way I need to communicate that. But first, before I do, I better make sure Galatians 6.1 is in place. What does it say? You who are what? Spiritual. What does that mean? You who are first attending to your own issues. Deal with your own issues first so that you do not go into the dealing with your wife's issues in a way that will be more detrimental to her than the issue itself. Otherwise, you will compound her issue. So, men, let's first, Father, I, I, I see an impatience in Jean. First, please reveal if there's anything about my heart that I need to know before I speak with her about this. Can you say amen, men? Amen. Yes. Can you say amen, women? Amen. A little louder. Also, it's the husband 
It's the husband's prophetic responsibility. I already said that, didn't I? Then the husband is, real, is ready to deal lovingly and patiently with any sin in his family by applying the soothing and corrective word of God to the wound that sin has created in the family. Hebrews 12, 6 through 11, whom the Lord loveth, what? He chastens. What did I say? So the husband can what? In a loving way, what? Apply the soothing and corrective word of God to the wife. Soothing, corrective balm of Gilead to the wife's wound, which he wants, which we want men from the Holy Spirit, don't we? How many of us want the Holy Spirit to kick us on? How many of us men would like to be treated the way we treat our wives? Seriously, seriously. No, no, I really mean that. Raise your hand. You want to be treated by the Holy Spirit the way you treat your wife. Brothers, we need to repent and get a hold of God in a better way. Amen? Amen? Yes. How many of you wives want to be treated by the Holy Spirit the way your husbands treat you? You see, and I understand this. This is, we're all human beings. We're fallen. We're in Christ. We're learning. But it's too much. We need to get going in this in a spiritual way, in a much better way. Do you agree with that? See, if this is happening, people like me in counseling, I'll be put out of business. Thank God, please put me out of business. Please put me out of business. Or at least now the meeting is only about one testimony after another of God's grace, of his goodness, of the, the wonderful work of God in my marriage and the, 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 eliminate, uh, the overcoming of sin and the bringing together relationship and God has built. That's fine. I want to be in that counseling session. And we're available, look, we're absolutely, we're joyfully available to you. So don't be misconstruing by that. But we don't want that to be the way, amen? Can, amen? We don't want it to be the way. The husband's priestly role. In his priestly role, did I finish the other? Okay. In his priestly role, shouldn't walk away from a note, so forget where I am, Johnny. In his priestly role, the husband is imaging the two things, at least two things, the intercessory and sacrificial role of the Lord Jesus and of the Holy Spirit. The role of the Lord Jesus is Hebrews 7.25, the intercessory role, and we'll talk about that in a little more detail in a moment. And the role of the Spirit is Romans 8.27. Remember, the Spirit intercedes for us when we don't know how to pray. Do you remember that verse? And so the, the, the priestly role combines at least these two. In order for the husband to fulfill his role as a priest, he must be aware of the needs of his family so that he can accurately intercede before God on the behalf of his family, James 5, 16. I don't know, but I wonder how many husbands are more aware of sport statistics than they are what's going on in their lives of their own wives, in the lives of their own wives and children. I wonder. I wonder. Brothers, we need to be more aware of what's happening in our own families, spiritually especially, 
And certainly physically, where'd you go? What happened? You know, how was that? Be keeping up with our family. Then we are about other things. And if we can't get to watch the College World Series in which South Carolina won, the Chanticleers, oh, Peter knows something. Oh my God, I thought Peter hated sports. No. I just don't want to love sports more than I love God. How many of you know whom they defeated? Whom did they defeat? Do you remember? You can't remember? Jean is my sports lady. You just ask her about some of the baseball players of LSU. You'll find out something. You know, Jean, absolutely. And that's fine. But you see, my wife is more attentive to the issues of sports than she is to her own spiritual welfare. I have to be aware of that. It's idolatry. So, brothers, we need to be aware of what's going on in our family and in our own lives personally. Not so we can lord it over and bring correction into the family so that we can live a, in a family that in such a way that images the relational component within God among the persons of God. You see, but the character of the husband, listen, the character of the husband, may I repeat it? The character of the husband. Remember, the character of the husband is crucial central, foundational. It's like the oil in the engine. You ain't going nowhere without the earl. You got to have the earl. You say earl for those who are from New Orleans and oil from those who are every, from everywhere else and know how to speak English correctly, right? Okay, it's a foreign language here. The character of the husband is crucial to his ability to effectively carry out his role as priest and his family. James 5, 16 again. The fervent prayer of a righteous man prayer intercession needed but of a righteous man's intercession is effective before God the heart of a God of a godly priest is the atonement on the behalf of his people amen the heart of a godly priest is atonement on behalf of his people listen to this remember the, the golden calf and the Lord was going to strike the people. Moses goes up before the Lord. Now watch. The next day Moses said to the people, you have committed a great sin, but now I will go up to the Lord. Here, he is the priest of Israel at this point. I will go before the Lord and I will stand before, before the Lord between you and the Lord and pray on your behalf that the Lord does not destroy you. Perhaps I can make atonement for your sin. Moses, in other words, was willing to die. So Moses went back to the Lord and said, Oh, what a great sin these people have committed. They have made themselves gods of gold. But now, please forgive this sin. If not, listen to this, then blot me out of the book of life that you have written. He was willing to go all the way to be blotted out of the presence of God for the sake of his people. That is the heart of a priest. That is the heart of the love of a husband should have for his wife. When my wife does something wrong, I keep talking about poor Jean doing things wrong. You may think that she's wrong all the time. 
We missed you last week. I missed you too. It's okay. <laughs> There's a conspiracy over here in this corner. It's led by Anna Chatelaine. I don't even have to look. I know who did it. When my wife does something wrong, listen very carefully. When your wife does something that really is wrong, bugs you, man, man, where's your first thought? Here's what I have come to learn and are still learning. And I really mean this. My first thought is a deep concern for my wife's spiritual welfare. Because it causes me to be afraid of what could be happening in her. That's my first thought. Now, once in a while, things have to battle, and I had to battle through that. But overall, that is my first thought. Concern for my wife. Concern for her. Care for her. Husbands, is that where your first thought is? If it isn't, it should be. Because, you see, that's the first thought and care of the Holy Spirit when we're sinning. You understand that? You see, in this atoning picture, Moses is picturing our great high priest. Hebrews 4, 14. Since then we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God. Let us hold fast our confession. We do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize, who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are yet without sin. Therefore, let us with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. What's the result of our great high priest, priestly work, prophetic work, kingly work? We're here today in this room. This is, we are the result of what he has done. Amen? In fact, he did it for us because if it weren't for us, Jesus would not have done it. Because we are God's purpose being fulfilled as his image bearers. See, everything Jesus did from the incarnation and forward was self-giving, self-sacrificing. In fact, God was self-giving and sacrificing in the ten words in the beginning. God created the heavens and the earth. You see, the husband's selfless intercession is to image the selfless love of Jesus, offering himself even to death for our salvation. Father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but what? Your will be done. The heart of the husband's intercessory ministry as priest is his willingness is his willingness to sacrifice himself for his family, to pay any price, to go to any length for them, being led by the Spirit. Brothers, if we don't have that kind of a view in mind, we are not being priests after the image, after the, uh, after the image in Christ. Now, we're all, again, wrapped up in sinful clothing. But hopefully, we can be identifying our weaknesses and where we're falling short. Hopefully, that is what's happening. It is in me. And rather than, to, oh, woe is me. Oh, I'm so bad. No, uh, 
Let us ask God to, to change our minds. What does that mean? Repent. <clears throat> and by the power of his spirit, move us forward in this. Amen? Let us not leave here today. Ugh. And wives, do not leave here today with an attitude about your husband's failing in this and be ready to pounce on him. Otherwise, you are a hindrance and not a helper. And you are undoing and working against the work of God in the family. If you have issues and concerns, pray. The wife's role in this issue, or this role rather of priest as in every other one, is his helper. The wife is to hear from the Lord. May I repeat that? The wife is to go to God in prayer and not to run her husband down in prayer. And I don't know how long it's going to take, and I can't understand why he won't do that. And please make him this and that. Stop all that. We have an accuser before the throne of God who accuses us day and night, whose name is what? Satan in Revelation 10, 12. We don't need any more accusations. We need building up. We need encouragement. We need thankfulness. We need praise to God for the husband, wives. Even in the midst of his failings, we need praise. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Encourage my husband. Embolden him. Strengthen him. Build him up. Otherwise, you're tearing down spiritually what God is trying to build, what God is wanting to build up. And so through her prayers and her study of the Word, and as she respectfully, respectfully shares with the husband what she has received, allowing him, allowing him, allowing him, not making him and manipulating him and pushing him and demanding him and whining him, allowing him in a loving way to make the decision as she trusts God for the result. And even if the husband doesn't do it right or the result isn't what it should be, let God take this man as you ladies have submitted yourselves to God and are his helper and are doing the Holy Spirit's, representing the Holy Spirit in the marriage, and you let God begin to squeeze the heart and the mind of your husband in a redemptive, building up way. Amen? Amen. Not, yeah, getting God. Get him. <laughs> I'm going to do this because I want God to get this man. No. You see, this is radical, isn't it? This is why we need the power of the Holy Spirit. It is important to remember that both the husband and the wife are equally. May I repeat that word? What word did I say? Equally. Why? Because the persons of the Godhead are equal. That they are equally responsible for the success of the purpose of God's marriage in the family. It's not just the husband. If my husband would do this or not, if my wife would do this or not. No, it's both together. Where there's failure in one, there's some failure in the other. Where there's failure in the other, there's failure in the one. Because failure is always shared. Because the two have become what? One. It's impossible for the husband to be wrong and the wife is right. The two are one. Some way there is a shared failing here. They both need each other as they walk and work as one in order to image God's oneness. You see, in such a marriage, the husband grows as to his roles as the wife in her radiance 
all for the glory of God's triune nature and character. Such a marriage is a Genesis 126 marriage. Amen? Be praying for the sermon this morning. Thank you.